Minnesota Timberwolves fans, welcome back to the Living in Loserville podcast. He's Aaron, I'm Chris, and we're here to talk a little Timberwolves basketball. Man, it was a great close to the All-Star break. They go 3-0, and got a big, big win in L.A., 2-0 and against the Clippers this year. And then they took care of business in Portland, which of late we've been up and down and all around right, especially in the fourth quarter. So that was really good. A lot of positives on the offense, um, you know, moving the ball more. Ants starting to really get that assist turnover ratio under wraps, you know. A um, lot of positives. Alexander Walker had a great week and basically, you know, put away one of those games in the fourth quarter. So a lot of things are going good in, you know, in uh, Timberwolf land, they got the number one spot. With uh, Coming out of the break, man, they got seven straight home games. Um, now they turn around and do six, I think, <laughs> on the road. But then they go like maybe six or eight at home. They had, a, you know, I think they had the most road games out of anybody or second most uh, all through all the way up to all-star break. So uh, there's going to be some home cooking. Definitely got some challenges, though. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll kind of talk it through. We'll look at the two games we got this week back-to-back coming off uh, the break. They, they have a game Friday, and then, you know, it's like 28, 27 games, something like that. Pretty crazy. Um, so, yeah, this your first, and then, of course, we always close with the Gopher basketball uh, segment, which one-in-one uh, in one week, very solid. Uh, odds are they weren't going to be Purdue but they fought pretty hard, and, and we'll talk about that. We'll talk about what they got coming up on a Thursday. We've been on this Thursday-Sunday thing for a while now. Their schedule is kind of nice. Um, so, yeah, if this is your first time listening to the Living Loserville podcast, welcome. It streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash Ropadope radio. You don't have to go to Blog Talk and Ropadope uh, and download the show directly there. You can find this year uh, Timberwolves basketball podcast under Rope-A-Dope Radio and Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Player FM. Make sure you download the podcast app. Two things, Living in Loserville, Spricker, and available on Spotify, Living in Loserville. Check that out while you're at it. Head on over to thegrowingtruth.com and Sports News 24. One more thing. This one's about DirecTV stream, I should say. That, that's kind of a different thing. Get the best in TV streaming. Stream live sports, on-demand shows, and must-have channels you need anytime, anywhere across your favorite devices. Still going for the choice package, $83.99 for the first two months. That's a savings of $50. The entertainment first package level is actually $79.99 right now. Either way, choose the package that's right for you, Direct TV Stream. Okay, going to go ahead and bring in my co-host, Aaron. You know, we were both kind of thinking it was going to be two and one. That we were, it was it was actually good odds that we were going to beat the Clippers. But then the last month or so, you know, losing games we probably shouldn't lose, but they took care of business. Aaron, first of all, how are you doing, my friend? And second of all, great freaking week to go into the rest. You get a week off, and sometimes your mind travels. And I was really wondering where their mind state was. And uh, they proved us wrong, man. It was a hell of a week. Oh, me of little faith, right? I thought they'd give up one to Portland just out of, you know, I guess time and history and maybe a little bit of uh, forethought into the All-Star break. Um you know, I thought it'd be competitive with the Clippers. I didn't know if we'd win. I thought we'd win, but they came out and they took care of business against the Clippers, and I thought that was a very impressive game. In fact, I think most people around the NBA thought that was a very impressive game. Um, Clippers tried a lot of things uh, with Ant particularly, and he's really working on getting out of those double teams now. It seems like he's crossed a kind of bridge with that. And then the two Portland games, which I thought they dropped one just out of, you know, I don't know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, like I mentioned, or just, you know, got lackadaisical or a little complacent and dropped when they didn't do that. Um, but that Clipper game, Chris, I thought was a real, you know, I guess litmus test of where you're at. 
you know, you could have dropped that. Nobody really would have bought, you know, blunk. I sorry, maybe blink and I blink blank. Uh, I don't know. Uh, would have bl- blinked, I guess ED blinked and I figured that one out. Um, and it would have been all right, but they didn't. They came out, they played tough. Um, I think the Clippers really played hard to try to bring everything they had. Um, some of the doubles and triples on Ant, like I mentioned earlier, were pretty interesting. In fact, there was one play at four guys on him passed out. I think he got Cat on the wing or maybe got Conley for a three on that one. But it was a lot of that. Like he's learning that stuff. And I think it's a huge, uh, a huge um, improvement uh, in his play that he can do that now. And if he can continue to find ways to do that, I think that helps a lot. But yeah, they, they really threw a lot at us. Um, impressive win. There's a lot of media talk about it and everybody all of a sudden wants to pay attention. Um, you know, and it's, there's still that believers because I don't think a lot of us are believers, but I mean, there's questions about can this team make the finals? Can this team, uh, win a championship? All that stuff that was completely out of the realm of, of questioning, uh, even a year ago, six months ago, three months ago is now on the table. Um, you know, we can answer that ourselves maybe later. But uh, I know they've seen a lot of different podcasts and, and media things, you know, asking questions like that, getting to know the wolves, I guess, um, and not in the old frame of their sales thing of get to know them, or is that the twins? I'm not sure. But nonetheless, it was the it, twins. Get yeah, to know. <laughs> people are familiarizing themselves with, you know, a team that we've been watching pretty closely here for quite a while. Yeah, man, it's uh, the national media is kind of all over the place. Um, Recently, I do understand about the fourth quarter stuff, how it's hit or miss. Um, and, you know, you, you got to do that. I mean, even the last year, the second in the third seed got beat in the first round uh, by Golden State and by the Lakers. So um, it is kind of crazy that when you look at that first round, it, when you get to the second round, some of the teams we match up better with than the first round. There are a couple matchups. Uh, where you're just like, oh, boy, that's going to be a tricky one. But we're far away from that. Not really, but we are. Um, but, yeah, that, I mean, the way they played, you know, early on, points in the paint, um, 20 to 18 early second quarter against the Clippers. Good ball movement. And Cat had it going on. Um, and, you know, they made – like a, a run the Clippers did and, and Harden was starting to to cook um, we were starting to settle for some some shots especially from three-point land where we really weren't um, you know didn't really play good from three for most of that game but he started to, I think they closed on a 20 to 6 run and all of a sudden they're up by like four points Harden fading hits that shot right at the end of the half, and you're like, oh, boy. Uh, but they came out, and they kind of 8-0 run. Then the Clippers made an AO run. It was kind of back and forth. Um, and Ant was kind of going from aggressive to kind of settling for threes. It was kind of a combination of that. And the one thing I'll say about Ant is he is starting to make adjustments uh, the next quarter or after half or something like that rather than having a, a fully bad game of taking too many threes or turnovers or whatever. But now you can see it really adjusting in there. Um, so he's kind of going back and forth, but then he started getting hot. He got to the free throw line. I think he was 6-6 six and six at one point. Um, and, man, I mean, the way they closed that third quarter was, was crazy. Ant going off, Cat getting to the free throw line. I think they shot 13 of 13 from the free throw line. Closed with like a 19 to 3 run the whole quarter. 40 to 19. It's 89 to 72, you know, and I'm like, all right, you got yourself a nice lead. Now, what are you going to do with it? You know, and you're just thinking, all right, let's see what happens, you know. They started out with great defense, made him call a timeout, had a nice little run, and then it was just the game's over. There was a toy. All in all, from 70 to 69. That score, it was a 27-6 run, um, six guys in double figures. Points in the paint ended up 64-42. to um, Ant banked a three. Ant was 0 of 9 from three, and, he, and his first make was a bank shot in. Now, he did it late in the game, okay? 
Um, I know some people are kind of freaking out about that. Um, but he did it late in the game, and then he did another one, and like, all right, let's sit him down. Let's sit him down. But overall, um, you know, 32 assists in the game. They, they just – they really, really closed it out. They uh, are tied for the best record over 500 opponents, 23-11, and 11, tied for the best um, seven road games now by 15 points or more. We had that all – that was the most – or that's the same number we had all last year. Um, so, yeah, man, it was uh first time we've been number one, you know, at the break uh, since, you know, 2023-24. And actually – or 2003, I think, not 23 if I said that. But it had been the first time we won in L.A. against the Clippers since that same season which I didn't really realize until they flashed that. But um, just the way they closed out that game, they made it hard. If you look at, you know, um, Jaden on defense, Conley just, you know, not the best defender, but he can move his feet. He's just solid. He's in the right position. And then, you know, Walker, you know, starting to really go off. He had back-to-back games that were really impressive. But – yeah, man, to to be up 2-0 on him, I mean, now can only be 2-2 two and because two we play him two more times. But, you know, that that third quarter, 40-19, to and then the, to jump on him right away, those first three to four minutes, Aaron, we've talked about, that's our difficulty. And they really shut him out. I, I was really impressed uh, offensively and defensively. I was, too. Uh, did you hear about the bl- the bad blood ant? had mentioned that uh, the first game they were clowning Rudy for a bad free throw. Yeah, back-to-back back Yeah, They didn't take too kindly to that. So then that was, they, well, they're too old. They can't run with us. And, uh, yep. you know, so I don't, you know, second-half route to me is like that's about right. Um, you know, I think in a playoff series they'll probably try to run with you a little more than they will in the regular season. But, I mean, I think, you're, you think he's spot on there with youth. You know, it's got a lot of parts there, but they're all aging. And whether they want to run or they don't, I'm not saying run and transition, although that's part of it. But just keeping up with uh, young guys like that, talented young guys, could be tough for the Clippers. So I was impressed, too, Chris. I thought, you know, I didn't know what to think going in. I thought, eh, you know, either way, it's not the end of the world. And they just came out, took care of business in that second half, um, really lit it up in the third, like you said, kind of made it, made it, uh, you know, made their presence felt and that was kind of the end of that one. And, um, you know, it was impressive, but we weren't the only ones impressed. Like I said, national media picked it up and it's kind of those things where you're a little salty about it. You're like, well, really, you're going to pick it up now. We lead in the West. I think people just always think that, you know, this team's going to, you know, fold at some point, but so far, you know, through the all-star break, they've been holding up. Yeah. And then kind of, you know, grouping both of those games, um, it was kind of a grinded out game uh, for a second there. Like we had a lead, then we kind of gave it up um, in the first uh, <clears throat> in the first game, um, and it was fifty nine to fifty one. And it was, it, you know, Portland is it's different than the Portland team we played earlier this year. Um, definitely different, and they were competitive there for a second. Um, they 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 took the lead at some point. Um, and, and it was just, it was like, all right, dude, Aiton was going off. He didn't go off in the second game, but he sure did, you know, in the uh, in the first in seven, or in the first game. It was seventy three to seventy three, um, you know, to close. And I, yeah, I think they took a, a momentarily took a lead, but the way that fourth quarter went, and just in general, like, I mean, it was it man. Because it was it was basically a tight game. I'm looking at it right now. It was a tight game, uh, you know, early in that fourth, and Nikhil Alexander Walker was just dagger after dagger after dagger. Hit four threes, and next thing you know, you know, it's a double digit game, and, and that's when you know um, some of our starters weren't even in there yet. So that's what we needed to to get that bench to be able to either keep the lead or add on it or just not all of a sudden it's a 10-0 run type thing um, and just battle back. I think overall what has been bugging me is, okay, so you got a lead, right? You got a lead. That's great. 
But and, and they're going to make a run, especially nowadays with the three-point shot and the pace, you know, more attempts. That's kind of why, like, points per game, it's more points per 100 possessions. That's why a lot of the analytics are kind of around that because of the pace. And it was, you know, instead of letting them come all the way back to where it's tied, okay, they cut the, you know, they cut a 22-point lead, you know, down to nine. Okay, jump it back to 15. Okay, they cut it down to eight. Get it back to double digits. It cut down to seven. You know, you gotta you gotta battle back. You can't just let them go on a crazy run. And uh, like I said, I can't say enough. That that first game though, um, you know, Ant in the third quarter went off. I think he had like I can't remember how many points. A lot. Ended up with forty one. Very efficient forty one as well. And uh, but Walker just put the game away with just timely threes and then just solid defense too. I mean, that, that was really good. And then the, you know, then you're thinking, okay, let's see what they got. Now they, they, they ended up blowing them out. Let's see what they got on the last night. And it's 41 to 14 or something like that. 44 to 14 in the first. And then they actually did cut it to eight at some point, but then they battle it back and said, Nope, this is going to be a blowout again. And that was like taking that extra step, whether you're playing an okay, mediocre team, bad team, or a great team. It was just, it's fun, man, that the the offense of late is starting to turn around. Like I said, less turnovers, more assists, just more ball movement, and and more catch and shoots. But, yeah, those two games, like I said, those back-to-back games of Walker, I mean, he's really – found his role and now it's like him and Nas are the sixth man right now it's kind of like one six a and six b if you will he's took he's really taken the role Chris of like I guess six a and b um great shooter good defender long can run the floor um great piece to have you know I caught Chauncey's post-game conference after the second game and he was like you know like you said the 41 14 and or 44 14 whatever it was and he was like, yeah, just try to, you know, get his team to cut it a little bit. And they got it down to 10 at one point, I think. And he's pretty proud of him for that. But, you know, that's a young team, too. We think we're young, but they're even younger. Uh, Aiden was impressive, I thought. You know, you made that point in the first game. He was very impressive there. Uh, and, you know, they probably didn't stand much of a chance. I thought, you know, Portland played pretty well. But, like you said, Ant and the talent gap, I think, is, a, is a pretty big between the Wolves and Portland um, at this point. And you you know you wanted them to see you wanted to see them come out and do what they did. Um, maybe twenty point blowouts is not something you can expect, but you wanted to see uh, resounding wins for those last two, and they did that um, with Alexander Walker, Chris. I mean, we never really knew up until maybe recently or maybe a few weeks ago about who that you know scoring off the bench would be consistently. And I think that's what Alexander Walker's kind of turned into is, you know, consistent scoring off the bench. You're going to get, you know, something from Nas. You'll get something from slow-mo every other night or so. But I think every night you're going to get something from Walker, even if it's just great defense and not shooting well. And overall, this team's defense has been impressive and just the want to of it has been. I mean, you're going to find lapses here and there, but, you know, you're not going to find a night where you're going to go, Okay, this, you know, they just mailed it in. You know, they're, they're playing great defense. It's being recognized and it's, it's winning. Um, you know, helps on the road, helps at home. Uh, you know, it's just something that you got to have if you want to get into a playoff series and, and whatnot and, and win it. Cause that's when it cranks up, uh, at the end of the season, uh, and in the extra games. I mean, you have to be able to play defense and, Practicing that throughout the season um, is something that makes it maybe not so foreign when you get to the end of of the year. So I don't know. I, I was impressed. I wish I had a little more faith in them, um, but I'm glad they took care of business going into the All Star game. Um, and then the All Star game, Chris, is just a joke. I remember it used to be competitive, and people played a little bit of defense or a hint of defense. Well, at least in the fourth quarter. Usually it was just you know free for all, but then fourth quarter. But this is just free for all. I mean. Half court shots. I don't know what it is. You think the Pro Bowl's bad? I mean, this is almost as bad as the Pro Bowl now. 
Well, yeah, and that's why they re they just made it like flag football and just watched the skill fest. No one's going to get hurt, you know, in the NFL now. They they made a good move there, but yeah, usually it would be all over the place. But then the fourth quarter comes around, last eight minutes, last five minutes, and they'd start to d up and all that. But yeah, it's it's been gone for a while. I don't even watch it. Um, yeah, Finch ain't even playing. <laughs> Edwards like no 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 no. Keep your ankles, keep your toes. No, you're not. You get a few right. minutes, and that's about it. Yeah, well, his toes did go for fifty. He was uh, one of, I think it's like the fourth most or whatever. But yeah, it's uh, you know, it, it was just good to to kind of have that many people, <clears throat> you know, the the coach, the players, everything like that, and then you know, people to get a break like Conley and Rudy, you know, and that type of thing. So, thirty-one road games was the most. Sacramento had thirty. And then uh, Denver, Memphis, New Orleans, Orlando, San Antonio, Utah had 29 as far as, you know, through the all-star break. So they had the most road games, and they had the third best record, 19-11. and 11. Um, And so, yeah, they, they definitely have more home games, you know, down the stretch. But, yeah, when you look at Nikhil, those back-to-back games, man, I mean, <laughs> he was just – so many ways against the Clippers, 15 points, three of three, five assists, six of nine from the field. And then that first night against Portland, five of six from three, only took seven shots, 18 points. Um, definitely, like we said, you know, put the game away. And uh, they're getting off to really great starts, too. Um, they have the best net rating um, over the last 27 games in the first. They've won 10 straight first quarters. That's always important, especially when you get into, uh, you know, getting off to a good start in the playoffs. And then Anderson, we talked about this last week, um, and Finch even said that, you know, after the trade deadline's over, a lot of times guys loosen up. And uh, Jack Borman had the last, the last three games, and we've already seen an improvement coming around, uh, but 8.6 assists. Um, 5.6 assists, 8.6 assists, no turnovers. Just, you know, playing good defense when we need him to because he is a very underrated guy. And, and since January 1st, he is fifth in assist to turnover. Tyus Jones, number one, and our guy Mike Conley, number two. But um, to be able to keep this guy for offense and defense, and now that you know, we are starting to take more threes. We are starting to move the ball. That helps him, too. And having a guy like Morris, who in the last game had 12 points, and he's going to get his legs underneath him because he was injured this year. So uh, he even said this week, I'm staying back. I'm going to watch tape. I'm going to get in the, the playbook, but also just get my win back. He's got to get his legs back. But just having another guy that he can pass out to and just be that, that point forward instead of having them having to, you know, bring the ball up so much or play the three or whatever. So those two really have turned the corner in many ways off the bench, man. It's, it's a, it's a thing of beauty and we definitely go nine deep, you know, very confidently. Yeah. You know, playing in a spot now where you want to get the strengths of Anderson, I think that's where the strengths are is playmaking and seeing things offensively that maybe someone else doesn't see. Um, you're going to get his shots. He'll get, he'll get a few points, but I don't think you're really looking for points with Anderson. Obviously you want him to shoot and, and for the spacing and all that, but uh, he really you know shines at the playmaking and that's been happening. And uh, that's been good as well as like, you know, I don't know what was going on with McDaniels, Chris, earlier. Offensively, he's kind of herky-jerky. He wasn't really consistent night in and night out. There were great nights. There were some mediocre nights. There were some slow nights. Um, but now even that's getting more consistent. Uh, obviously, defense has always been there, but maybe he had some kind of nagging thing, you know, toe, ankle, something. But that seems to kind of pass now, and he's, you know, he's really starting to foul less. He's offensively the three is there he's getting to the rim which wasn't really there early in the season or maybe in that middle part early in the season I thought he got to the rim a little bit more but in the middle part of that first half of the season kind of pulled back a little bit started shooting wing threes a lot now he's kind of doing both playing good defense um I've been impressed with him lately you know it's one of those things you don't want to go to him too much because you know 
his part and defensively he's probably a little winded, but he's really playing well. And back to the, you know, the McDaniels that we bragged about for a couple of years. And now, you know, he's kind of back to that again in the right time too, coming down the second half of the season. Yeah. And, you know, he started with that injury. Um, and once he got going early in the season, man, there was a little stretch where like, Oh dude, this is the guy got hurt again, kind of hurt his hip. And then he got that bad ankle sprain. So he had, yeah, he had an up and down, you know, year so far. We have seen the offense, like you said, driving and cutting again, um, and less fouls, you know, less fouling, less mental errors. Um, I really like, you know, what I've seen, and he can definitely grow, 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 obviously, not just height, like he has, but just in general, you know, he, he you know, a little more touches for him goes a long way, um, and, and I think we're going to kind of lean into it if we do get into some foul problems or something like that or certain matchups and stuff like that. So, yeah, man, it, it's it's been really interesting to see. And then Ant, you know, of late, well, before of late, I should say, was having that dribble in the crowd, take bad shots, dribble, 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 jack up a three. He's really starting to, to get it. If you look, you know, one of the games is 41 points. Um, so you're not going to always have a bunch of assists with that one. But, you know, against the Clippers, eight assists, only two turnovers. Uh, I think there was no turnovers uh, in the, one of the, the second Portland games, seven assists. And even before that, you know, he, he had like one or two games. The last two or three shows, including this one, where we're like, oh, that game. Wow, he's getting to the line more. He's becoming a little more efficient, and he's kind of getting off the – it's the key to get off the ball early or just make a decision early. And, and that's something that he talked a, a whole lot about lately is just, you know, let the ball come around, worry about catching shoots too. Because when he does, man – and actually Dane Moore had a tweet from, from after that 41-point game where he was 12-19 from two. And four of eight from three said just catching and shooting more, trusting a lot more. The more I trust, the better it's going to be. The ball will come back to me, trusting the catch and shoot. And then consistently take them because there are times where, you know, he'll take a three where you're like, dude, you can get that anytime. That needs to be, you know, at the end of a shot clock. But so take more threes as a team. Cats started to take more this last month. That's been the biggest jump, but actually Ant has two, and it's just a matter of what threes they are um, and the extra passes, like I said. I mean, even if they haven't gone in the shots from corner three, he's now really focused on, instead of going completely passive, he's now in these last few weeks really tightened up on, all right, I drew the coverage, who's open? And, and so you can really see, what he's doing there, man, and, and so it's 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 been fun to watch, man. He's really it's fun to see this kid develop because he's one of the most honest guys in post game, man. I mean, when he messes up, dude, he's not going to sugarcoat it. But in the same breath, when he does go for forty, it's always talking about some other guy on the team. You know, he's very uplifting to all the players, and he's talking about Nikhil won that game. He had 41 points and points in the third that we needed. But the first person he says is Nikhil, you know? So, I mean, it's uh, it's fun to watch this kid, man. And, and Conley made a great point, too. And this is, I think, Dane Moore asked him this question individually. How, you know, we got to start working harder on offense. You know, we put so much into a defensive, but we have to put that same effort in offense. You have to cut. You have to screen. You have to be, you know, you have to drive the lane and give up your body and, and, and stuff that requires even more energy. The last few weeks we've done that. It's swinging it, kicking to the extra guy. And use those screens that Rudy will give you. It's not always just pick and roll. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, they, they, you know, 39 and 16, season high, 23 games over, number one, obviously, uh, best record in the West, best record. Uh, at the All-Star break in the franchise. Four, four wins in a row, nine out of the last 12, with seven games uh, coming up, man. But it, it's funny, dude. They have 39 wins, right? They've only had 
12 seasons of 40 or more <laughs> wins in like 30 years. Um, it, it's been crazy. And, and we have these leads, like, right? so the, let's see. So it's been six straight games that we've had at least a lead by 20 or more. And we have the most, we have 23 games where we've had a 20 plus lead. So obviously getting the lead is no big deal. We can do that, but it just tightening up and finishing those games. And in February, Ant Savagin, 30 points, five and a half rebounds, five assists. And like I said, that turnovers have gone down, man. It's, it's, it's really fun to see him. And like I said, it's not a full game now as much. And that'll help us in the series to be, you know, to adjust. Yeah. I mean, before we preview the next week, let's talk a little bit about um, what we're seeing from Rudy and Cat. Like, there's a, a cons- and they're consistent in what they're doing. But here's what is impressing me is they're starting to play off each other. They were doing a little bit early in the season, not like a new thing, but it's almost now come to this focal point offensively anyway. Defensively, I'm sure they're doing that in ways that maybe I didn't perceive as much as I have offensively, but they're taking advantage of what it is they have. You know, Cat is a four. It's kind of fallen into that mode a little bit, especially with assist-wise to Rudy. Now, Rudy's always cut to the basket. He's always been around the basket um, as a player screening or doing whatever he's doing. But offensively, Cat's looking to him as an option off any kind of double or, or just a pick picks up his dribble. He can lob into Rudy. He can uh, use Rudy's screens. He can do a lot of great stuff. And that's the stuff I was looking forward to when the trade came. And I'm like, well, last year I'm not seeing a lot of it. And we've kind of detailed why that might be earlier in, in other shows. But, you know, to see them take advantage of a very mobile big and a semi-mobile big um, that focus more on defense um, I'd like to see Rudy get a little more offensive rebounds, but you know maybe that's just not something he's going to do. But other than that, I really think the improved play with the bigs, and that's even including Nas, um, has really been uh, something I think that's a feather in their cap that other teams don't have and they can go to uh, whenever they need it. And that's something you need playoff time. That's something you need coming down the stretch of the season. It's something you can go to that's going to work for you because either the team doesn't have the size Maybe it has the size, but it doesn't have the mobility like Jokic, for example. Now, I know Jokic can do a lot of stuff, so I'm not, you know, I'm not capping on Jokic, but I'm just saying things that you can take advantage of. He doesn't move that fast. Um, you know, you can do lobs, you can do screen, you can do pick and roll with those guys. It's, it's fun to watch, and I think it's very effective. Yeah, you're right. And it is a surprising stat that he does have the most assists, the most alley oops to him as well. Uh, overall, Cats' assists have gone down, but that two-man game, you're right, is really, really coming along. And just overall, like, you know, Rudy already has more double-doubles, I think five straight now, six straight, than he had all last year. Uh, our record, uh, since January 9th, 16 points, uh, over 13 boards, and 70% <laughs> from the field. Uh, and, you know, We've seen an improved um, – we have seen an improved free throws from him, too. He's drawing fouls, and that's major because we know it's going to be hit or miss, uh, you know, from what Cat calls – well, again, he's going to have some games where he gets two offensive fouls, and then he's got to go sit on the bench. So he's doing a good job, you know, job drawing the fall. Even if it is a one-for-two situation and he doesn't hit both um, – just getting more attempts gets them falls. And, it, you know, even when they try to hack a Rudy, it's like if you do it enough, a big man's going to start hitting them because they get in the rhythm. That's used to happen with Shaq a lot too. So, um, yeah, you're right. They, they, they're starting to get together. And, you know, efficiency in shooting and, and just being that second guy cat, I mean, there's this stat I saw today, players with more than uh, – 10,000 career points with a true shooting percentage of higher than 60. You got to be a 20 point score and you have to at least uh, shoot four attempts from three. This is, this is the only, there's only four guys that do it. And this is, you know, last 15 years mostly, but Kevin Durant, Curry, Harden, and Towns. Um, it's, he's just in many ways, a perfect ideal second score because he doesn't need a ton of shots. Now they have, 
gotten the ball to him more. They have put him in the corner more. Um, they have just, you know, get get the ball to him in his spots. So his shooting attempts have gone up a little bit. And so um, it, it's also helped out Ant because the more spacing we have, the more downhill he can go. So, yeah, it, it's uh, – it's been nice, man. Everybody's playing pretty damn consistent. Um, we did get some news today that uh, Michael Conley is here to stay for another two years. Two-year extension. Uh, he was making like 20-something uh, a year this year. And it's going to be like 10.3 or 10.5, something like that, over two years. So... You know, if you look at this, the rest of this year, obviously, and next year, right? We Conley, not just Michael Conley, but the man in charge, uh, now has 10 players under the payroll for next year. Towns, Rudy, Edwards, McDaniels, Nas, Conley, Alexander Walker. Um, and then we have more junior, Minot, and Miller as far as the, the youngsters. And, and I wouldn't doubt if, two out of those three guys get cut and we just stick with Miller or we, we keep Minot and, and Miller and then more, I'm assuming more junior uh, will be cut uh, more than likely, but he was making 24.4 this season. Um, and so, you know, basically around 11 million a year um, is really nice. And just, just to lock them up right now, man, I mean, it, <laughs> It's great, and it shows you they're not afraid of any kind of apron, first or second. They'll pay a little luxury tax if it's paying off on the court. It gives them more time. Like, that's what we talked a little bit off air was like, you know, do you think you're going to win a title this year? Probably not, but you're going to build blocks that will help you eventually. And if you, you're losing guys like, like Conley or, you know, uh, Nikhil Walker, anything like that, just important parts in your rotation and what you're doing offensively and defensively, you know, it gets to a point where you need to be consistent in your, in your lineup so that these guys can have unspoken things. They know how to handle situations together. Um, and that's what's the consistency of, of just having the same guys there for maybe one, two, three seasons um, is going to, you know, hopefully pay big dividends. You'll see, you know, Edwards improve. Uh, as he has on a, on a, you know, trajectory of what his career is like, uh, Towns in his prime right now. Um, don't want to mess with it too much. Conley's there unless you get a guy like maybe a Tyus Jones or something that can come in and possibly replace him at some point. Uh, Conley's a perfect piece. Um, that's why I really kind of wanted Jones because I thought, you know, you get Conley for two more years, you sign Jones for three to five. And then, you know, when Conley's gone, Jones comes up and takes that spot. But that didn't happen, at least it didn't happen this uh, season. Um, so, you know, there's that. But, you know, I'm glad they signed him. It was surprised, but it really shows that they know what they're doing. They have a vision. They want to make sure they get these guys locked in. And like you said, everybody's kind of under contract. So it's like you know what squad is next year, regardless of what happens this year. Um, and I think they're the way things are going, they seem like they're only going to improve. Now, Chris, I'm excited to watch – one game this week. Brooklyn's fine, but this Milwaukee game, it's going to be a different vibe. It's got Lillard back, um, which we didn't see him last time. And I have a feeling, you know, Milwaukee's going to come out uh, ready to play. It's going to be a competitive game now. I don't know about winning or losing it, um, but I guess I'll formulate that while you talk a little bit. But um, it's going to be competitive. It's going to be a fun game to watch. I don't think – it's going to be a mail-in by any stretch of the imagination. Milwaukee's going to come to play and with Giannis and and, and Lillard, uh, which is a totally different scope uh, than what we saw, uh, what, what what Lillard can do on a good night. Um, you know, it's going to be interesting matchups. Uh, you know, can where's Jaden going to play? Is he going to play on Lillard? What's going to happen on Middleton maybe? I don't know. Um, but it's going to be exciting to watch. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. You know, I will say I do think the Wolves win it at home. Um, but I think it's going to be one of those kind of like the Boston game where, you know, it's back and forth in the fourth and uh, maybe last shot wins, something like that. Yeah. And just, you know, just to clean up a little or not clean up, but add to some something about Conley in general. But now it does 
seem like we legit could sign Anderson short term and, and, and re-sign Morris as well. Um, if they're not worried about going over the second apron and just paying a little bit of that uh, to at least get one of those guys back would be big for next year. So it just sets up really well there. But um, when you look at Conley this year, right, three-point percentage shooting 45.5. Corner three is 59%. Pull-up three is 44. Catch and shoot, 46.6. Shooting 94% from a free throw. Like this dude is just going nuts, man. Yeah, you know, it'll be interesting about Milwaukee and I'm not sure, like you said, Dame will be back, but I'm not sure if Middleton will be back um, because he has, he's, you know, before Dame got there, he was definitely, um, you know, the guy, uh, no doubt. But I think he's going to be back. It just, it's too early uh, to tell right now um, if he's going to be back or not. He's been out for a while. Um, I, I feel like he's going to be back. But I'm not totally sure about that. But either way, Dane just offensively, uh, you know, is definitely a, a big step up, like you said. Um, and actually, right now, oh, yeah, see, this is five days ago. So, you know, he, he, he ruled out from an ankle in one of the – yeah. So it, it's tough to say if he, he hasn't played since February 6th. So I'm not sure – He's a really key piece to that team as well. When they get him on the court, that'll be big defensively and offensively. Um, and, you know, Beasley, he had such a bad game that I'm sure he's going to go off. You know, I'm sure he's going to hit some threes. So, um, yeah, I do think we're going to win the game because it's at home. Um, and I think they're going to win both. Uh, but I, I, I think you're right about that grind it out all the way and maybe we can get a nice little test early on some fourth quarter close close games in the clutch last five minutes within five points that's that stat for the clutch stuff or crunch time I think it's called so yeah I anticipate that though being very very close I don't see this blowout or anything like that um, and you know I wouldn't doubt if both teams come out a little rusty having that time off. I mean, yeah, you know, Lillard and Cat went off in that game, the all-star game, but it's still pretty just shooting threes and, and, and layups and dunks and stuff like that. So it's not like, uh, you know, that it was actually probably nice to keep some of the rust off. But um, I could see it come out a little rusty maybe early on. Um, and who knows, maybe it's rusty on the defensive end. Um, and it's both teams in the 30s. But I think they'll win. I'm with you. But I, I think you're dead on as far as it's going to be a tight, tight game, I think, all the way down the stretch. So I think they'll go 2-0 and because I do think they'll beat Brooklyn the last time. They had a very competitive game at Brooklyn. I think it was on a back-to-back after Washington, if I remember correctly. And uh, so they're going to take them serious. They got players on that team. Uh, but, yeah, these two games – Start out, you know, a nice run, seven in a row at home. Kind of weird. We have this schedule where it's like we come out, go back-to-back, right? But then we get two days off. Then we got another back-to-back. Then we get a day off. Uh, then we have a game, uh, you know, another game, but then another back-to-back. You know, so it, it, it's kind of an interesting schedule. Thank God we're at home a lot. But, yeah, seven straight games in – you know, we, I mean, you got to go like five and two in that for sure. There are some tough games uh, in there. The Clippers come around again. Sack come around uh, as well. San Antonio, we got to get some get back from that last game. Uh, but yeah, I'm wondering, it's an ESPN game too. So it's a primetime game this Friday, but I'm with you. I think they'll win, but it'll definitely be a grinder. So I'm going two and oh. I, I obviously I think we'll beat Brooklyn. Um, you know, I'm to the point now where I feel like we can represent as you know, top seed in the West or top team in the West, not seeding yet. But, um, I, I if you run into a, a Brooklyn or a Detroit or, uh, you know, Orlando, I feel like you're going to beat those teams. Um, still have a hard time. I was watching Chris, uh, I forgot who it was. We were talking about playoff matchups and I know this is going to get in the cart in front of the horse, but, we have a problem. New Orleans. With the Pel- yeah, the Pelicans. And 
that's interesting because, you know, they're hovering in the lower seeds, but we just, Ingram's tough for us, you know, and now Zion back, it's just tough. We don't have to do a whole segment on it, but man, that's the one that sticks in my craw, just about any of the matchups, just because we just haven't played them well. We'll play them well one game and then just get run the next With game. Zion. Yeah, we tough. haven't played With them well. With Zion, yeah. Oh. But Ingram's tough, dude. And oh, yeah. He just, he keeps making shots and shots. And it's like, you know, he gets up to play us. and Man, that guy's tough. But, yeah, that's just a little side thought there. Just, you know, um, anybody else? I like the Clipper matchup. I like, but we probably won't end up playing them. We'll have to look at the lower seeds. But, yeah. Dude, just, you got the Lakers. You got Sac. You got Golden State and Dallas right now. That would be the play-in tournament. First of all, those are going to be big ratings. <laughs> and second yeah. of all, wow. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. AD is a tough cover for us, too. Could he get, yep. you know, could he get uh, Gobert and Falkrobbins away? You know, Towns and, and Nas don't have much for him defensively. So, yeah, it's it's funky, dude. It, it, it's going to be a little shaky, and I wouldn't be surprised if it's a seven-game series. No, that's the thing. It's not keeping me up at night or anything. I'm just there in the back of my mind. Like, okay, yeah. if you face New Orleans, it's going to be tough. And then you mentioned the Lakers and, and you know, all the teams. The sack is tough because they just run. And, yeah, it's, it's difficult. But, yeah, I mean, like I said, they've got half a season or around half a season to go. But, yeah, I want to kind of see them play New Orleans again and see how it matches up later in the season, what it looks like, and, and how you're going to deal with Zion's just strong. Ingram's a good shooter inside and outside quick enough. And they got a nice guard, too. And, you know, it's a good matchup. Yeah, it really is, man. It's it is funny how like some of the second round matchups, you know, aren't uh, as daunting on paper anyway. Uh, but you know, that's how the West is. Like I said last year, Golden State, I think it was seven games to beat Sac at Sac, and then I think it was six games with uh, the Memphis uh, Lakers. But um, yeah, that's like you know. I mean, obviously, we're past the halfway point technically, um, but, yeah, man, it's interesting. Um, so we're both on the same board. Now the, the, the go for basketball squad, right? I was uh, kind of bummed, you know, that they lost to Iowa the way they did to have that kind of lead at half uh, later in the game. Um, it was nice, and thank goodness that Dawson Garcia came back because he wasn't able to finish that game. So I was kind of nervous, man. If he's not able to finish that game, you know, what's it going to be like? But he did have, you know, all the way from Sunday to Thursday to rest. So he played, you know, he was able to play at Purdue. And, you know, the Purdue game, we got uh, Eddie in in early foul problems. Um, You know, Cam came out hitting three for three, 11 points right away. You know, we had a nice little run where we got, kind of back into the game. I think it was like we took the lead 33 to 30. Um, Minnesota was, you know, had like nine three-pointers or something like that in the first half. Mitchell was like four to six. Um, and we ran it up to, to a 10-point lead at one point. Um, and I think it was 43 to 35 at half on the road. And um, only one turnover, you know, and, and we had a bunch of, you know, a fair amount. I think it's 12 to two. Uh, points off turnovers. Payne did get it early in some early foul problems. Um, and, and Purdue made a run. They definitely made a run, took over the lead. Um, still grinding, though. It was like 55 to 54 with 12 minutes left. Uh, and then Purdue just, just poured it on and, and kind of run away with the game. They had a 15 to 1 run. It was 63 to 55 under 10 minutes. Um, and, and even like under seven minutes, it was seventy to sixty, and that run that they continued was twenty-two to six. So it was a it was a rough one that way. But overall, they're a better team. And, and I was talking about how they're gonna lose here soon because they, they've won so many in a row. And sure enough, they lose to Ohio State, who just fired their damn coach. Um, and so that's just how that goes. I think it was on the road. So. Um, I did like how they played, though, in the game, um, especially against that team who tees us up pretty good. We do have problems when they pressure us, on, you know, and they kind of pick us up full court or half court. We were having some problems talking about a good game, that, that Rutgers game. Payne was just putting in work early, 
had eight points right away, drew like three fouls really early in that game. Uh, Rutgers, you know, had a nice little run, though, kind of got up. Um, and, and they were pretty much handling us uh, in the paint, uh, 22 to 12 at one point, paying six points in a row. I think he was up to like 13 at half. And they ended up tying it, 37 to 37. Had a nice spurt to begin. I think it was 11-2 run by Minnesota. I mean, career high for Payne that game. Really looked great. I think the largest lead was 12. It was 56 to 44. Um, and there was this play <laughs> on an inbound uh, by Carrington, who's been, been giving us really good minutes as a backup point guard lately. Um, hit a three-pointer. We really needed it. But Payne had a great game, um, 21, 10 boards. Um, now, they got a little sloppy at the end. They had some late turnovers. They had like an 11-0 run. And then we had a – it's a turnovers and a field goal drought. So sometimes when they really – like I said, when they really pressure us, we still are having problems there. But we didn't let it get out of hand. We ended up winning the game. But um, So overall, 1-1, one and one, sitting at 7-7, seven and seven, you know, could it be eight and six? Sure. Coulda, woulda, shoulda. But either way, to turn right back around and get the Rutgers win, I, I was really happy with that. And I liked how we fought really hard against, you know, one of the best. It's like right now it's UConn and Purdue. That's kind of like the top teams. I mean, there's other teams out there, no doubt. But they, they've kind of separated themselves in this last uh, chunk of uh, weeks. But good, good win uh, over Rutgers, who actually had been, I think, Eight of their last nine, they had been a hot team. I'll take this week. I thought they played well against Purdue. I think the shooting dried up, Chris, like you mentioned. It, they ha- they got good shots. Uh, Purdue and Purdue was making the run. I just think they didn't make the shots um, to stay in the game. And Purdue's tough, so you and I both didn't expect them to go win. I, I thought that they played well enough to where you could, you know, if you were in the stadium, you could walk out with your head held. That is my son. He's running around down there. Um and then, you know, it's nice to bounce back against Rutgers. Payne played really well. I've been impressed with him, Chris. I've been watching him more and more now. Um, and that's a good player for the future. Um, I thought that, you know, Purdue's not unbeatable, and I, I like their game plan going in. I just thought that maybe, you know, you could have done a f- defensively a little something different. Um, but, um like I said, we both didn't think they, they'd win that one, but I thought they played well enough to win. And a few shots falling that didn't fall uh, would have made it a little bit more interesting if not winning it. And then, obviously, Rutgers, like you said, you know, um, a little different style of play, but they came out and they took care of it. It wasn't a big deal. I, you know, they're 7-7 seven and seven in the Big Ten, which is respectable, Chris. And, you know, I wasn't giving them much credit earlier uh, in some of the episodes, but, you know, Seventh in the Big Ten, I think seventh is not terrible. Um, but you know, I don't know if it's a tournament team, but uh, you're gonna get um, look for improvement now. What they do coming down the, the end of the season is gonna be huge. But like the Iowa loss could have won that one. It uh, definitely looms. Yeah, Purdue. You Same know, with that Wisconsin game. Yep, you make some shots against these teams. Maybe not Iowa. That's a different story, but. Wisconsin and uh, Purdue, two big wins you could have had there, shoot a little bit better. Um, it's impressive. Yeah, and, you know, they had that four-game losing streak at Indiana, home at Iowa, at Michigan State, and then that heartbreaker um, against Wisconsin. And to bounce back and win three in a row and, you know, four out of six, it's been nice. And we talked about Cam Christie, the true freshman. I mean, if you look at, you know, the last six games, I mean, uh, he hit some big shots at, you know, with the Rutgers game. He only had 10 points, but they were kind of timely. Also had five assists, but 13, 15, 19, 15, and 17. And his worst three-point shooting night was like three of eight. Or no, there was a one in five, my bad, but he was six of 10 from the field. Six of 12, five of 11. Five of eleven. You know, he had that Michigan State game where he's five to seven from from three. Um, 
He's been assist. You know, he has two games and five assists in that run. Uh, the other three other games and three assists. The kid is long. He's lanky. Um, he's a damn good player, man. And, and he is turning into one of our best players. Like you said, Payne has really looked good. You know, Ola Joseph, we still need to find a role for him off the bench. Fox, as far as like just college play, he has been coming in and filling a role and, and kind of being like a guy that'll block shots, uh, you know, do the garbage man type stuff, junkyard dog type attitude type guy. Can still jump even after all those surgeries. But he, he has played really well off the bunch, like I mentioned, Carrington as well. But Ola Joseph only played like five minutes, but he had five points when we really needed it. So if we can, you know, Ola Joseph, the reason why he got moved out of the starting lineup for pain was just based off size. And Garcia plays Ola Joseph's, you know, position. So um, if we can get him to give us quality minutes off the bench, uh, it'll bode well. And maybe, you know, he would he would want to stay then because he'd have a role. Because you know, I'm still not 100 100% sold that uh, that Dawson is going to go pro. He still does one more year, so who knows? And he is from here, so he could feel like if we did, like we've talked about, if we did get to the NIT, he could feel like, hey man, you know, I we can get this team to the to the tourney next year, so he may stay. But yeah, overall, man, I, I really like where this this team's headed. You know, two all year, two games, you know, all freaking year as far as wins in the Big Ten. And so to be seven and seven and, and, and they have a game coming. I mean, they've already had their toughest game left. Now at Illinois is gonna be very tough. Um even a, a, a scrappy at Nebraska coming up, at um Northwestern, but Indiana, Penn State, this one coming up, Ohio State. You know, they only have six left, seven and seven, so they got to at least go three and three in that stretch. But, um, you know, I think they can they can beat Ohio State at home. They're coming off a big win, but there is that, you know, that big high to a, to a big low. And I'm not saying they're going to blow them out or anything like that. But Ohio State, sometimes you win one for the giffer when your coach gets fired. And uh, Penn you know, Purdue kind of had that coming a little bit in recent time uh, because they had won 13 in a row or whatever. But at Nebraska is a tricky one. Um, you know, it, on 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 paper, it's a tough game. You know, they're 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 sixth in the Big Ten. We've had this. Michigan State was right there. Iowa crept up. We've had these games. Rutgers was going. We've had these games where you're kind of leveled up with the team, and this is like a a standings mover. So I feel like, you know, we'll beat Ohio state, but I'm not 100% sold that will win at Nebraska in a weird way. It's been a tough place to play and they have some big wins there. So I'm going to say one and one with a damn good chance, uh, you know, of going two and out. I'm one and one as well. You know, I really think this is kind of a mirror of the Timberwolves. Um, they got to learn to close or to close close games, I guess, is the, the way to state that, uh, you know, they just like we mentioned, Iowa, the, the, the Purdue, if you just can close those games, um, you'd have no problem if you got a nice lead, like you do a Rutgers, but when it's close and you need to make, uh, every possession is going to count. You need to be able to close those games. And I think that'll help them out a lot. I agree with what you're saying. One and one is probably what I like. I think Nebraska's plucky, like you said. Um, you can't just assume they're going to go down there and get that one. Um, Ohio State as well, you know, <clears throat> you can't really assume either. It'll be interesting to see what they do and how, how well they play. If they get both of them, that'll be impressive. And they'll move up the standings a little bit, and, and that'll, you know, brighten the day a little bit for everybody. But, you know, here we are. We're we're past the All-Star break, Chris. We're past the trade deadline. Um, you know, we're on the, the end of the Big Ten schedule here, so it's kind of – it's the big time now for, for the Wolves and the uh, Gophers uh, coming in. Let's you try to get NIT for the Wolves at least, or for the Gophers at least, and you know, see yeah. what the Wolves can do, you know, coming down the stretch here. Because obviously you got a, quite a few games left for them, but these are this is where it matters. You don't want to see any fall apart, you know, three-game right. losses, four-game losses. And 
And we'll be keeping up with it. Catch this podcast anywhere you see podcasts or listen to your podcast, Apple podcast, uh, Spotify, iHeartRadio, anywhere you get them pretty much on every platform. Um, home base is Ropa Dope Radio. Uh, should be exciting second half of the season. We will talk about it weekly. Uh, peace.